Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Diane. And we are suburban moms trying to make room in our lives for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. We hope you'll join us on this journey to think more and do with less. Today we're talking with Melissa Reed about minimalism and spirituality. As we head into the holiday season, many of us are preparing for our favorite spiritual traditions, and we thought this would be a great time to talk about how or if minimalism and spirituality are connected. How are you, Diane? I'm better now that we're in this fancy house. Yes! (laughs) Melissa so graciously allowed us to record in her house because all of our other options were taken for one reason or another. So um, we are sitting by a crackling fire and sipping mm-hmm. tea and it is just lovely. It is a great huga experience right now. <laughs> it's definitely a way to break from the toddler and newborn. We don't have baby Martin here today, so this is a first in yeah. four months of recording. Yeah. So Woo-hoo. All right, so minimalist moment of the week. I'm going through all the cupboards in our dining or our uh, kitchen and I'm purging. So I went through all of the Tupperware and ones that didn't have lids are gone. So every Tupperware has a mate and everything else is gone. So it's just little simple things like that I feel like you can do to make yourself more organized. That it, I don't know, it just gave me some peace of mind that at least that area is clean now. Oh, yeah. That's always super frustrating. Oh, you're yeah. t- you can't find the lid. Where That's did the they go? Part. I don't know. That's I what don't I know. know. It's like the sock thing. Like you're always ha- missing There's a sock. One. Yeah, yeah where'd it one's go? missing. Where know. did it go? <laughs> what is your resource of the week for us? Well, my resource of the week is actually a blog post for my blog that I wrote last year, but I am resurrecting this year for all of you. It's called 10 Ways for a Minimalist to Survive Black Friday. And for those of you who, I don't know if every country in the world has Black Friday or the equivalent concept, but here in the United States, the day after Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving holiday, is the biggest shopping day of the year, and it's named Black Friday because that's when retailers go from in the red, meaning negative, to in the black, meaning positive. So it's the biggest shopping day of the year, and... A lot of times it's the biggest temptation day of the year for us. So that blog post goes through. You may think that I just say don't go shopping, (laughs) which is an option. But I also give many tips for how to do it purposefully and to avoid just regretting everything that you bought the next day. So we will put that link in the show notes for you. Oh, we have a couple of updates, too, from previous episodes. Our last episode, episode 30, Minimizing Holiday Decor, we had several people chime in with some great tips. One is A.E. Harks on Instagram. She says, we have popped popcorn and used it olden days style as decor, and once we were done, put it outside for the birds to snack on during the winter months. I just place small sections around our backfield so they can snack and eventually use the string for nest building. So that's, I thought that was fun. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I wonder how young her kids are that they don't get to that though. Like around her house. Like if she has popcorn in it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Charlotte (laughs) would just go for it. Yeah. Even though it would taste awful after the first day. Kids don't care I don't think kids care. She eats Play-Doh. That's true. This is true. 
All right. But I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then another great one came from Hip Mommies on Instagram, who she has an adorable account, by the way, if you want to go check that out. And she says, I finally bought those Santa sacks, and it's heaven. No wrapping paper, no boxes, and no overindulgence. One sack, one kid, all gifts in that stack, folds up tiny, and store. So that's basically, instead of wrapping all the individual gifts and using paper or whatever, you have a reusable, a lot of times I've seen them with burlap sacks or Mm -hmm. tie bags that you can use for your kids' gifts. I think that's fun. Awesome. Yeah. Last last one we had was from our episode 29, One is Enough. It was one of our minimalist mantras. And this is from Whale and Bone Co. Stephanie Young on Instagram, who also has a darling Instagram account. It says, this mantra has been so good for me. I even went back and listened a second time. That whole concept that if one is good, then more is better. I fall into that trap often, and it is so not true. One is enough. I've been saying it on repeat. There we go. During the holiday season, the one is enough. One is enough. I've been saying it two, and sometimes I just can't get there. Sometimes two or three seems like enough. (laughs) And then it's not. It never is. So I just need to keep repeating it as well. Yeah. It's a good mantra. Yeah. All right. Well, on to our discussion about spirituality. We are big fans of the bloggers, writers, and documentary makers called The Minimalists. They had something to say about this on their Instagram account a little while ago. They said, The beautiful thing about minimalism, though, is that it works whether you're religious or not. We personally know minimalists who are Christian pastors, minimalists who are practicing Buddhists, minimalists who are atheists, We even know a minimalist rabbi. Because minimalism is a lifestyle that helps people question what things add value to their lives, it applies to any religion or no religion at all. Diane and I happen to be of the Christian faith, but we agree with the minimalists in that anyone of any faith can benefit from minimalism. Uh, What matters to me, Megan, to Diane, to you is going to be different, but minimalism can help get rid of the clutter that is keeping us from focusing on what matters. So today, Melissa is going to share with us her story of how minimalism intersects with spirituality in her life. She is a spiritual director and mother who lives here in Columbus, Ohio. She teaches inner movement classes, offers one-on-one spiritual direction sessions, and I had the privilege of attending her first Create Space retreat a few weeks ago, which was absolutely lovely and life-giving. I had a great time. So now on to our interview with Melissa. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yay, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. This is exciting. Yes. Is this your first podcast? Have you ever been interviewed Um, before? No. Yeah, this is my very first time. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. feel privileged. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, besides what I said in the intro there, your family and what you do. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm also a mom. I've got two kids. I have a 14-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. And yeah, I've been married to my best friend for 17 years. And yeah, life is good. Um, once upon a time, I was a teacher before I had kids. I was a high school teacher. and But then I gave that up so I could be a stay-at-home mom, mm. um, which was good. Because then over those years, it's helped me to um, sort of fine-tune and figure out who I who I am and what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and over those years, um, because I had you know some free time, Right, in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> As a new mom does. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I began uh, volunteering and leading quite a bit at our church. 
And it was there that I started to feel sort of a call towards Christian leadership. And I started to do a lot. Like I even preached on Sundays quite a bit and, and just led a lot there. And I knew it was for me, but it wasn't quite it yet. I was still questioning exactly what it is that God was calling me to. And it, it started to really become a struggle for me. And so I started to see a spiritual director. Uh, this is about two, two and a half years ago. And I would see her once a month for an hour and just like hash these things out and tell her everything that's on my heart. And um, it's been amazing. She helped me to sort of dig deep and find out like who I am and what am I called to do. Of course, I'm still digging and still searching that out, but that's been amazing. And so since then, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so I went through the training to be a spiritual director. It's a two-year process. And um, now here I am. I'm a spiritual director. And so <laughs> I meet with people once a month. And yeah, like Megan said, I, I lead a class. It's like a contemplative prayer slash movement class on Wednesday evenings. And then, yeah, leading retreats. So I had one a few weeks ago, uh, just like a half day retreat. And it was, it was delicious. I, mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, of course, like totally nervous going up to it. But when I was there, I just felt totally in the zone. Like this, this is what I want to do with mm-hmm. my life. So it was really fun to lead that. And then um, the weekend after that, I went out to Portland, Oregon, and I helped lead a retreat for a church out there. So it's exciting. I'm glad to have found this thing that God has called me to. That's awesome. (laughs) And you're also a mother. Yes. 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 To two children. Mm -hmm. So, um, as we said, she's, she's kind of living the mom life along with us. What would you say if people were to ask, and you described it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. describe what actually a spiritual director is and what that looks like when you're meeting one-on-one with someone. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is confusing and it seems like, like it's a new thing. But it's not, you know, it's been around for centuries and centuries. Um, same with like, um, like a counselor. I'm not going to give you advice necessarily, but you're going to talk out your things, your okay. conversations with God. It's mostly between you and God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just listening and paying attention. And I'm going to ask you questions to help you dig a little bit deeper. And often like the big aha moments are your own moments, mm-hmm. you know, they're your own thoughts or, or they're coming from the Holy Spirit. I have kind of a... Silly is not the right word, but just a sort of acute um, definition of spiritual direction. I say it's a luxurious, sacred hour of resting in God's presence. A slow, quiet conversation about what God is stirring in your heart. It's about uncovering your deepest, truest desires. It's about discovering who you were created to be. So that's sort of, yeah. But then still, like, practically, what is that, you know? So Mm -hmm. meeting usually about once a month for an hour. I meet people here in my home or we can do via FaceTime and yeah, we just have big conversations. It's delicious. It it just feels like luxurious. You know what I mean? Like how often do you get to have a conversation with somebody that's all about you and your relationships with God, you know? I think moms are notoriously bad at self care Mm. because we feel guilt Mm -hmm. that we are not focusing. We shouldn't be focusing on ourselves. We should be focusing on the needs of our kids a hundred percent all the time. Mm-hmm. And really the reality is that if we're not focusing on ourselves or, or giving ourselves what we need, 
care wise, then we're gonna break down, and then the whole ship comes down, goes oh, down totally. with us. Yeah, it's the whole like oxygen mask mm-hmm. idea. You know, you gotta oh, yes. fix your own oxygen mask first before yes. you assist others. Absolutely. So your Instagram handle is Create Space Melissa, and it's gorgeous. I love your photos. They all just seem so bright and airy and do give you they give you that feeling of space Hmm. and what does creating space mean to you and why is it so important that you've sticked your claim on it (laughs) you know how hard it is when you start an instagram account like okay what what am i gonna call it Mm -hmm. because this is it forever you know um it's funny i started out and i still do i mean i do a lot of creative things you know I, I paint and I draw and I do you know hand lettering and things like that and I mean that's how I love to worship God and, and if you look at my Instagram you'll see some of that stuff mm-hmm. and so initially it was like sort of a play on words like a space to create things mm-hmm. but also a creative space I don't know mixing up the words there mm-hmm. but but it's evolved a little bit to like my calling to create space for people um, either in a conversation or in a physical space, you know, like at a retreat or in a spiritual direction appointment, but just to create a welcoming, calming space for people is probably number one on my priority list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So would you, I have not asked you this question before. It just dawned on me. Would you consider yourself a minimalist? Would you call yourself a minimalist? <laughs> you know, it's so funny that like, the definition is different for everybody, right? Very true. You know, I mean, this is a reasonably sized house and we have a fair amount of things, you know? And so, yeah, I don't live in a tiny house with sparse Mm -hmm. furnishings and whatnot. But yes, I do consider myself a minimalist just because I, for me, it's about being intentional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that just sums it up. Yeah. It's funny because when I... When we walked in here, that was one of the first things I thought and I said to you is that this house is very minimalist and something that I aspire to have because you've created such beauty, but it, you can tell that you've been discerning in what you've chosen mm-hmm. to bring in. Mm-hmm. And so it's so lovely in here. I wish you guys could see it. Yeah. Check out our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you'll see, yeah, little, you'll yeah, you'll there. see little pictures <laughs> of our house. <laughs> so have you gravitated toward minimalism your whole life or has this been a, an evolving process for you? Um, both. Um, it's kind of funny. I remember as a child, I grew up Catholic. I'm not Catholic anymore, but I grew up Catholic. And I went to um, the convent to visit with a nun for some reason. It's like an early memory. And I remember being like really attracted to the way that they lived. Mm. It was just simple and quiet and just beautiful. And so that's always, you know, sort of appealed to me. But of course... In my young adult life and, you know, growing up a little bit more, like, materialism took a hold of me, <laughs> you know. I, I desired that, you know, Carrie Bradshaw-type closet mm. and, and, you know, just just always craving more. But our first house that we lived in as, as a married couple was pretty small. And so at that point, I started um, digging into... Apartment therapy, the blog apartment oh, yeah, therapy. Yes. Yeah, this was back when like blogs were kind of a new thing. Mm-hmm. I'm dating myself a little bit, but so apartment therapy really helped me to sort of embrace like small living mm-hmm. um, and being content with living small. 
and and then eventually uh, Joshua Becker's becoming minimalist that you know came across my my vision and and started uh, enjoying what he was doing and then of course the minimalists you know they put out mm-hmm. such great essays and you know and then more recently their, their movie mm-hmm. um, but Marie Kondo's book like nailed it mm. and you guys know I, I you've referenced it I'm sure mm-hmm. yeah I, it just spoke to me perfectly and it's and she'll agree that it's not about minimalism but it's about just being intentional mm-hmm. about the things that that you bring in and so. And, and letting go of things. And that was just so freeing to me to know that, like, I don't have to hold on to things forever if they don't serve me, if I don't love them. And mm-hmm. so that's when minimalism really got a hold of me. Mm. So, yeah. So in your everyday life, we can obviously see from your, the surroundings we're talking about, but what other areas do you uh, either are working on I get, I, we feel like minimalism is a journey. Mm-hmm. It's never something you actually reach, but it's kind of a lifestyle way of living. But what other ways do you try to stay minimal in your life? Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned decor. Like, I like it kind of simple. And even, like, you know, Christmas is coming. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And last year was my first year of, like, really keeping it chill. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put ornaments on the tree. It's mm. like scandalous, but like I put up the lights and <laughs> yeah. we got a, we got a live tree, which was just really lovely. First time in a long time. And I put on the lights. And I'm like, I love it just like this. We had some white bulb ornaments mm-hmm. and kept it really simple. So anyway, yeah, just keeping the decor nice and simple, like feels really good to me. And I get good feedback from other people, mm-hmm. just like you guys, you yeah. know, they come in, like it feels really um, peaceful here. So, so there's that. And then like clothing. I know you love talking about clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, total like capsule wardrobe for sure. And a few years ago, I sort of weeded out all the colors of my wardrobe. I wear all black, white, and gray. Um, what's It started first with like brown. Mm-hmm. Like I got rid of brown because well, I don't have the brown shoes to go with the brown sweater or whatever. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, what if I just keep it all simple? I don't wear brown. I only wear black. And then it just spiraled from there and so I only wear black white and gray and everything like goes together it makes shopping totally freeing mm-hmm. I'll walk into a store I'll scan the racks if there's something black white and gray or you know a, one of those then great if not I walk on mm-hmm. you know and then eventually it's like well I don't really need another black sweater so mm-hmm. I'm good and now it's down to I only wear like honestly like five or six outfits total mm-hmm. I love the idea of like the uniform dressing, you know, like mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg and you know Steve Jobs and stuff. But it, I also like to be cute and creative, and so I can't quite go fully there. I like where I am right now, though. Mm-hmm. I'm just wearing simple things. Slow fashion is becoming more of a thing for me. So not the opposite of fast fashion, and we know what all that is, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I won't name stores you know it's mostly anything that you can find in a mall is basically yeah pretty much yeah basically and for the ethical reasons mostly um and i found this really cute etsy company that hand makes things for me and i just and it, you know honestly it's more expensive mm-hmm. and at first i was like oh, i can't spend that much money on you know blah 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 but i'm buying less it's better made i wear it more often it's just the shift has happened mm-hmm. where I feel like I don't need to have like a ton of variety of cheap things. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with this dress that I wore yesterday mm-hmm. and I'll probably wear it again tomorrow because <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, I like that idea of we don't always go at 
the capsule wardrobe idea by limiting color. I mean, a lot of mm. times you talk about keeping it within a consistent palette, but literally keeping it to three different colors, or it could be just two, since gray is kind of like in between yeah. black and yeah. white. But doing that, and then I would never say that your outfits are boring or whatever because you always accessorize them mm-hmm. thoughtfully or do something fun with your hair or mm-hmm. wear a scarf or whatever yeah. Yeah. so that it doesn't feel boring to me. And yeah. obviously, as you said, you don't feel bored with right. it. And as I've heard somebody say recently, what's boring about wearing your favorite clothes oh, every single day? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel good in this. Yes. So I'm going to wear things that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. The end. Um, as far as your, your schedule, mm. busyness, how um, has minimalism played into your life in that regard? Girl, I say no to a lot of things. Mm. Um, and again, that is so freeing. <laughs> I used to say yes to a lot just out of, not because like I really wanted to do it, but because it's something that I think I'm supposed to do, you know, especially a mom of school age kids. Like there's a lot of things that they ask us to do. And that's, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do the things, you know what I mean? But if it's a burden or, you know, don't do it. It's okay. Somebody else can make the cookies. The world's not going to end if, if I don't make the cookies. And I hate making cookies anyway. Yeah, so I don't someone likes say... to make the cookies. Exactly. There are people that love to Oh my to gosh, do that. yeah. I know a yeah. lot of parents who, yeah, they they live for that stuff. And I hate it. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, basically, if it's something that I hate, I don't want to do it. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, we've heard this before. You know, I say no to even good things so that I could say yes to great things. Mm-hmm. I believe in keeping, like, margins in my schedule and, and, and lots of breathing room so that I have room to sit down with a friend for coffee. You know, I don't have to schedule it a month out, you know, freeing. And same with the kids. Like, we don't overschedule our kids. That's a hard thing to do. Oh, You yes. know, I mean, just a couple of things, and then there you go. You're, you're fully booked, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But we do try to keep it pretty pretty simple all around. You mentioned your kids and your kids' schedules mm-hmm. and keeping them not overscheduled. Mm-hmm. What does that specifically for your family mean? Like what does overscheduled mean? Or just or what, how do what, you What does our life look yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They both, let's see, Mary does ballet. That's once a week. And she's in half day kindergarten. And then Jack is in choir and that's on Saturdays he's got activities at school also like he'll do the play and he's in orchestra and stuff like that um he did cross country in the fall which is pretty low-key sport you know um but that's us and that's our lives you know like Mm -hmm. he's not a football player you know Mm -hmm. or oh my goodness a friend of mine her she has two high school boys who play travel baseball I can't (laughs) did that pick up yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, oh my golly, that's that would be a lot. That yeah. would be a lot for us. Yeah. So, Melissa, how do you feel living a minimal life has aided you in your spiritual practices? Mm-hmm. Well, just as we were talking about scheduling in particular, I have a lot of freedom in my schedule. I have a lot of space where, you know, I can spend time journaling. I 
spend time in prayer. I, you know, I've mentioned earlier, I, I love uh, painting and hand lettering and things like that and just worshiping God on paper. Uh, I go to yoga class quite a bit. So I've just, it, it feels luxurious and it, you know, there's that little whisper that like I should feel guilty about this, you know? Um, but no, I feel like I've got things in order the way they're supposed to be. You know, mm-hmm. I've got freedom to nurture my spiritual life. So yeah, totally. Minimalism has, particularly in my schedule, has allowed for more of that. But then also, you know, as we've mentioned a number of times, like the space that we're in, mm-hmm. I, I feel is conducive to enjoying quiet time with God, mm-hmm. you know, less distracting. I don't know if you're going to get to this, Megan, but do, do you feel like you had... I mean, you probably didn't have as much time when your kids were really little. I'm just mm-hmm. asking for myself. How do I apply this to my life mm-hmm. with a four-month-old and a three-year-old? Yeah. Or did you, <laughs> could you not? You know, it's, this has evolved over time, mm-hmm. you know. Girl, I don't know. I think it looks, it obviously is going to look different in every yeah. season. Because yeah. I've seen that already from mm-hmm. my spirituality in my early 20s to now I'm almost 30. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean... If I don't make intentional time for it, it does not happen. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, do I want to make time for it? Because I just kind of want to zone out and mm-hmm. just read a fictional book. Totally. So I think that that's where I'm struggling. And I feel like a lot of maybe our listeners with little kids might be struggling to put any kind of spiritual practice into their lives because yes. it's second thought once they're done with their day. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be like another like to do mm-hmm. you know or something to feel guilty about I gotta fit this in mm-hmm. you know at your stage in life like finding time for a nap mm-hmm. you know could be a spiritual thing you know I would say you know lower your expectations of you know what you can get done in a day and you know what I mean mm-hmm. like yeah like spiritually so I think of Sabbath that's what's coming to mind just that practice at the end of the week of not working, of resting, and just trusting that you've done enough, trusting that God has you covered, and just resting, like not striving anymore, you know? And I think that we can find moments of Sabbath throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just invite you to look for things like that. Again, not as like a thing to do, you know, or to feel guilty about because you couldn't find your Sabbath moment in the day, you know, but just as an invitation, you know, maybe there are moments when you could, when the kids are resting or, you know, gosh, when my kids were little, you know, I I felt no shame or guilt about them watching some cartoons or whatever so Mm -hmm. I can like get a moment of peace. No, I I like that because I I just, again, I think I'm falling into the comparison trap where I'm like, I so want to have that free mental space but Mm -hmm. it's just not the season that I'm in right now Mm -hmm. and that's okay like Mm -hmm. I can eventually get there Mm -hmm. and don't put so much pressure on myself to feel like I have to do that right like that's the opposite Mm -hmm. of what I want to present you know what I mean no and I don't think that you are I think that that's how my personality is is taking what I'm hearing because I I see I sense a freedom and a peace about you Mm -hmm. that I don't have and so I'm like how do I get there (laughs) but that's why it's good that we're interviewing you have really small people yeah hanging on you yeah (laughs) yeah and there's lots there's lots of as you were saying letting whatever you're pressing upon yourself go Mm -hmm. letting that expectation that's only in your head nobody else is holding you to necessarily Mm -hmm. and the comparison trap Mm -hmm. letting that go and just knowing I love what you said about taking a nap oh my gosh is is a spiritual practice sometimes Mm -hmm. or I just remember 
being in the middle of the night, not having great attitude about the fact that I was up in the middle of the night, but then thinking, okay, how do I flip this? Mm. And just like, okay, praying that God help me to rock this baby Mm. and appreciate him and count my blessings as I'm sitting there and using that time that you would normally think of as quote unquote lost Mm -hmm. and and redeeming it to to be something that you feel good about later Mm -hmm. instead of the bad attitude (laughs) inviting God into all those moments like even having a bad attitude and like telling God like I'm super irritated right now that I'm up in the middle of the night you know just inviting him into it and again with the the taking a nap we joke but seriously it's it's an act of trust and surrender you know to say it's okay I can rest and take a nap uh, you're trusting God that everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So that could be your spiritual practice right now. Yeah, it's funny that you keep going back to the word rest because I mm. feel like that's what the Lord's been trying to speak to mm. me, just rest. Mm-hmm. And I just have, I just want to get all the things done. I'm like, oh, I only mm. have this like window of time when they're napping that I just want to get my stuff done. But he's mm-hmm. like, I've given you rest in other ways where you actually mm-hmm. can take a nap. That is your rest. You don't find re- rejuvenation through the things that you're choosing to do during this time. Mm-hmm. So I just find this like a little therapy session for myself. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, well, a lot of people in minimalism talk about mindfulness. What does that mean to you? And and is that a part of your spiritual direction practices? Mm. I say it's all about slowing down. In minimalism, we put the brakes on like our fast paced mindless consumption and we think about our decisions and the way we consume things and, and the things that we bring into our lives and we ask ourselves why am I purchasing this why am I saying yes to this this is really the right thing for me and in spiritual direction I feel like it's the same thing it's also slowing down and you're asking yourself and asking God, like, why am I reacting this way to a situation? Or is this really what God wants from me? What do I sense God speaking to me? I, I think it's all about slowing down and being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. So another word for mindfulness. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. How do you feel minimalism and the Christian faith specifically are connected, if at all? totally is connected. Mm. Jesus was like the ultimate minimalist, right? Mm. What came to mind actually, as I was thinking about this ahead of time is the story of the rich young ruler. Would it be weird if I read it? No. Just to like, okay. So it's, it's short. And this is in Matthew chapter 19. It says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now this used to bother me. Like, well, what does rich mean? Am I rich? Am I am I allowed in? You know, and am I really supposed to like sell all my possessions? And like, come on, like seriously, we're all rich by the world standards. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're rich, right? And you know, if we sell everything in order to gain uh, favor with God, that feels like salvation by works, right? Which we know uh, Paul says is not true. It's just by faith alone. And so this this story really bothered me for a long time until just recently I had this sort of aha moment that it's about our attachments. It's not about physical things necessarily, but the things that we're attached to, uh, that we gripped tightly to. Uh, when we love our things more than God. And so it's not just our physical things, it's also our identity, our status, our education, our career, all those things that make up our exterior. And we have this like tight grip, control, and possessiveness over these things. And when we're free, when we loosen our grip, we're free to enter the life that God is inviting us into, the kingdom life of peace and joy and contentment, wholeness and unity with him. And Jesus says it's like a camel trying to fit through the eye of a needle. And it's because we're so attached to all the superficial stuff of the world. If we just let it go, then we can walk right on through the needle. Mm. And that's how I think that minimalism can speak into our faith. Mm. And on the flip side, I think faith can speak into our minimalism. We just, we don't need all this stuff. <laughs> Um, I think, and I, I won't read it, but um, in Matthew 6, you know, he tells us to not worry. He says, you know, look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Like, they're not worried. And look at how, you know, God is taking care of them. Therefore, you don't need to worry either. And so we're free to let go. We don't have to hoard. We don't have to, you know, tightly grip things. We will be taken care of. And so that's how I, I think the two, like, totally intersect. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm like, oh, come on. No, I can preach. I'm thinking over it. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. So how would you say that someone who, and I'm just throwing this on you, mm. so I know you haven't thought uh, about this ahead of time, but how would people of any faith or people who might not consider themselves spiritual also benefit from a little more mindfulness of spiritual practice in their lives? Hmm. That's a good question. So I want to say letting go of worry. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's, that's what the opposite of minimalism is. You know, when we're like hoarding a bunch of stuff, it's because you're worried about the future. Oh, um, true. You know, that scarcity mindset type stuff. And just trusting that everything is going to be okay. Now, that's hard for me as a Christian to say, I trust in God that everything is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I think you should too. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, trusting in whatever it is that you believe in gives you the freedom to let go. Mm -hmm. Ask me the question one more time. 
think basically how would someone that doesn't have a faith or someone mm-hmm. that isn't spiritual like mm-hmm. put a spiritual practice like why would yeah. they want yeah. to do that mm-hmm. yeah okay well goodness there's just there's so many magazines and stuff you know oprah has a lot to say about this sort of thing you know it's just good for our souls mm. to quiet down yeah to create space in our lives space to breathe and to think clearly mm-hmm. to think about our actions you, know, you mentioned Black Friday coming up and just all the mindless spending, like almost panic-driven spending mm-hmm. and hoarding that's going to happen. Yeah, freedom to like let that go and, and to allow some space and take care of yourselves. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that way. There's this badge of busy. Girl. That we yeah. put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm trying to ban that word even mm-hmm. when somebody asks how you're doing oh good but busy mm-hmm. totally. busy but good yeah you know how it is yeah. crazy you know and even <laughs> I found myself saying it to after telling myself I'm gonna stop doing that saying it to the checkout person when they asked it was Monday morning how's Monday and I'm like oh you know my son forgot his book so I had to go take it back to school and I'm why did I say that? I uh-huh. just said, you know, I should have said, well, Monday's been all right. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Been honest about it. But then asked her about her morning. Yeah. And helped maybe to uplift that checker who is probably just asking. because <laughs> She's trying to be polite. <laughs> <and> be polite. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, this glorification of busyness is mm-hmm. is exhausting. And I actively rebel against that mindset, you know, and I feel like there's almost, I think I've mentioned this before, like I feel guilty sometimes, like our society makes me feel like I'm supposed to feel guilty that I have space, you know, Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, my Monday is actually pretty good, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that we're supposed to be harried and busy and frantic and chaotic, you know? That that's a badge of success. Especially as moms. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not a real mom, right? I'm saying this in quotes. You're not a real mom unless, you know, your hair is a mess and you've got Starbucks spilled down your sweatshirt or whatever, you know? Like, no. Like, you can be a calm and peaceful mom. It's okay. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Do you have any other questions? No? Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, c- tell everyone, we, we talked mm-hmm. about Create Space Melissa mm-hmm. on Instagram, which is create underscore space underscore Melissa, just mm-hmm. so people are clear. <laughs> and uh, where can we, where else can we find you online? Yeah. Well, Instagram is like my happy place. I'm mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. all the time. Maybe too much. Um, but I also have a website, and it's melissareed.com, but it's a dash. So melissa-reed.com. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Megan, Diane, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Well, thanks again to Melissa for that uplifting and inspirational interview. I know I'm going to put a lot of her practices into my own practice and just make them more applicable to my lifestyle. But we did want to share a rating and review with you before we go. This one's from Flutter by Ray. She says, like talking with your friends. I always start the podcast feeling neutral about the topic and always end it feeling inspired. Give it a listen. So as always, we just really appreciate the reviews that helps mm-hmm. people to find Thank us you. in iTunes. So feel free to leave us one yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So does minimalism and spirituality intersect in your life? We want to hear your thoughts. We invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting our website, minimalistmomspodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at minimalistmomspodcast. If you'd like to receive our show notes and links that we talked about this week via email, text the word minimalist to 444-999. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.